Hello, everybody. My name is Jet Tattersall, and welcome to the Women in Pop podcast. It is a joy to be speaking with you again. Now, due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, this podcast is being produced remotely, so please do forgive us for lower audio quality than you are used to. I will be introducing you to today's amazing guest shortly, but before I do, a reminder that the latest issue of Women in Pop magazine is on sale now with the iconic Mariah Carey on the cover. Inside, we celebrate Mariah's 30-year anniversary in the music industry. Plus, we have interviews with Carly Rae Jepsen, G Flip, Dami M, Freya Ridings, Toki Monster, and more. We also look back on the creation of Whitney Houston's debut album on the 35th anniversary of its release. It is on sale now in a store near you, and you can also buy a copy online at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe. Now, on to today's show. Our guest is one of the most impressive new talents in the Australian music industry. Not only does she sing and write, but she has also worked as creative director and a model. After releasing her debut EP, Melancholia, in 2017, she returned to music at the beginning of this year with the electronica dream song, Better Than Me, followed by Spectre in March. And today she releases the brand new song, Good News, and she is here to tell us all about it. She is an artist in the truest sense of the word, and we adore her. It is, of course, the wonderful Belle. Belle, hello, and welcome to Women in Pop. Hello. I can't help but smile just hearing you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. It was a pleasure to say. I was just like, tick, tick, boom. I'm like blushing in my bedroom. (laughs) It's a good place for it. How are things with you these days? You know, it's it's a, obviously a bit of a strange time at the moment, living through a global pandemic. Um, I'm in Melbourne, so I'm in a stage four lockdown. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit strange, but definitely trying to make the most of it. Of course. Well, what's better to make the most of it than releasing a track called Good News? Because, like, shit, we all need some of that, right? <laughs> yeah. Literally. It's a bit fortuitous because obviously when I wrote the song, I was not anticipating a global pandemic to arise. But I think the theme of it really fits at the moment. I've had a couple of friends say that I'm a part of the Illuminati, but (laughs) alas, I am not. (laughs) It's absolutely incredible. And I'm glad you just um, hinted on the juxtaposition. So for any of you out there who haven't heard it, this is good news. Oh my God, I am such a fan of this dark track. It's all depth and other realm vocals. And there's this kind of ancient euphoric sound to it. It's absolutely incredible. Can you talk me through this song? I certainly can. So when I wrote it, I was actually, I'd started kind of with me thinking of how it would feel to be obsessed and what it feels like to want something or someone or a situation so badly 
and then how that obsession can manifest in the body. So writing it, I was just thinking of, well, how can I best encapsulate obsession, paranoia, insanity, overthinking, like all of these crazy obsessive emotions that drive us as humans the most nuts. Um, And really, you know, as humans, what we really want is good news and, you know, good things happening around us and how much you can just crave that sometimes. I like that. And I mean, there's a whole lot of tension going on in there. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. Like the, the production element to the track really does. It has you almost, how do I say that the, the emotions are almost tangible in this track? Because like you said, you're grasping, you're grasping for the good in amongst all, that's, in amongst That's literally, grasping is a really good visual word for this and a really good way to describe it because that's exactly what I want it to feel like. There's so much tension and there's so much grasping and trying to grab for this thing that you want more than anything in the world and I want it to feel and I wanted it at the time to to feel like almost like leeches crawling outside of your skin just that absolute insatiable feeling oh god you got it and I love this because we're already talking visuals which you are so famous for your your track Spectre which you released before Good News I mean you've got again there's a real heady uh, I don't want to say nightmare I want to say like almost drugged (laughs) that's absolutely right it's a spiked song Um, it's loopy R&B drugged sort of track but then you've got this killer killer lush velvet avant-garde video i'm actually just going to play it now so here is specter you say i cost too much i talk too much i work too much i listen rough my love's not enough i have too much stuff for you you talk me through that one and particularly the creation your inspiration behind that beautiful video well the song I wrote um I typically don't co-write songs because I'm a bit of a control freak and I you know I don't know I like to be the one particularly when it comes to lyricism driving the boat But Spectre kind of came about where I had this half-written song and I was in Sydney and I was in the studio with two friends of mine, Dave Jenkins and Ross James, and they loved, you know, the melodies and lyrics that I had written. And then Ross, um, he found that kind of Arabic Armenian, it's actually an Armenian flute um, style sound at the beginning of the song that features throughout. And then from there, it kind of just wrote itself pretty quickly um and I knew that it was definitely something really cool and then the video came about I have a friend of mine in LA his name's James Mountford and I was there earlier in the year through January and February and we met online via Instagram which is how I've met so many friends and incredible creatives around the world and he he's the, the sole visual collaborator 
and director for like Banks, Chance the Rapper. And he, he actually found me when I released Melancholia when I was like a baby and we just stayed connected ever since. And we always wanted to work together. So when it came to Spectre, we chatted and the idea of a puppet show of sorts came to mind. And then from there, within like a couple of days, when I hit the country, we just like figured it all out and there was no rehearsals. It was very much spur of the moment DIY. You know, we went and bought all the fabrics in like a suburb near Skid Row. We built the set. We went to the supermarket and got a big pumpkin and we cut it up and it was just all very, um DIY but like to be honest it's probably it's like my favorite video so far of, of mine anyway um because it's so like strange <laughs> what's incredible is that you're saying how it's so DIY and you were getting mm. this pumpkin but it's so <laughs> when I first saw it I just went decadence mm, I know it's pretty crazy how it turned out actually um, but the thing is, James is such a love guy. He's got so many friends in the right places. So we filmed it in like this stunning art gallery downtown, which obviously none of the art is in the music video, but we built this black set within this gallery that was just like owned by his best friend. And it was just also kind of seamless. Like it's just typical James. He's, he's not a man of many words, but you know, he's like your typical kind of quiet British creative, but living in LA and He's just, I don't know, he just gets shit done. That's the kind of people you need in life, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Especially yeah. the creatives. So, oh, my God. <laughs> I miss him so much. Yeah, it was the funnest thing to make as well. I think I came out of that shoot with, like, at least 20 bruises as well because I was just being manhandled the whole day. Well, you can see it in the video. You make it look, you've got a very stony face while doing it. But um... Yeah, I was just being thrown up and down all day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you also recently released this stunning visual feast of poetry titled T1. Um, if anyone's not seen it yet, please do us yourself a favour and head to YouTube at the end of this podcast. Um, and it's very evident, even from our discussion, that you've got very wide creative interests, probably go hand yeah. in hand with your control freak nature. Absolutely. <laughs> Is there a particular area that you most enjoy, be it visual, oh, audio, the poetry? That's so tough um that's so tough because there are so many there are so many different parts I enjoy um oh gosh I, I don't even know where to start I think I really enjoy being in the studio I feel really badass when I'm in the studio um because I know very confidently that I hold my own I know how to produce I feel like I'm in my element. So I love putting the song together and working with soundscapes and that kind of thing. But I also love the visual creation. I love pushing myself. So anyone that's worked with me on a set knows that I will say, I'll try anything once, which is true. I will absolutely try anything once, anything. So um, nothing for me is really off limits. Like I want to push myself in the acting realm to get into a character in a video or whatever it is. So I, I just basically enjoy being challenged. I don't like Beautiful. just, you know, being kind of submissive about it and letting other creatives do the work. Like I want to push myself. I'm glad you've said about um, pushing yourself and being challenged. And this is going to be a, a kind of sideline, but it's all connected here. Mm -hmm. um, you released a track um, a few months ago, Better Than Me. And yeah. I... 
I must say, I mean, it was, it was different from what we've been hearing because this, this track is, it's all, it's like a, it's got a soul made of piano keys. Like it's just your vocals and the piano and this kind of thudding, free falling sound. Actually, I just need to play it now because I'm stopped rambling about it. So here is better than me. I mean, it's an absolute blissful song. And there's something about it. I don't know. When I first listened, I was like, there's something almost confronting about it because you Mm. haven't got this heavy production and this distortion on top of it. Was that almost something new for you as well? Better Than Me was interesting because the melody of it was so, so, um, like it was one of those things that came out in like 15 minutes. Production-wise, it was really interesting to explore. This was the only song that went through a couple different rounds of production and a couple different routes sonically. And it kind of just made sense to me to go down that really beautiful kind of melodic piano route, having that as kind of the backbone. Um, And I think because it is more of an emotional song, um, well, certainly for me anyway, and I wanted some of that... kind of almost natural organic sound to really be present so that's yeah it definitely a little bit of a different vibe for me and very different to the stuff that I'm making now and to the rest of the EP but I'm really glad because I feel like it made sense of so many things for me as an artist re-emerging you said it was quite um the personal song was there ever a moment upon finishing it that you went, oh, hold on a second? Like, about, were you ever at all hesitant about releasing it or were you just, no, give oh, it to the world? Oh, gosh. When I first listened to it, I cried. Um, I remember cry- And I'm not much of a crier in general. I'm pretty, like, tough. But, um, yeah, when I first listened to it, I, I definitely had a bit of a cry. And I, but I didn't, I didn't hesitate. No, I never hesitated. I think um, I've you know, my strong belief that is as an artist, you're in the wrong industry if you're not willing to put yourself on the line. That's like the whole point. Um, well, I mean, there, there are so many artists, I, well, I'm hesitant to say artists, singers, performers in the industry that have a very different view to me and that's okay, but let's just not call it being an artist. And um, so, no, I didn't have any hesitance and like, as cliche as it sounds, if there's one person that connects with it or that finds something relatable in it, then it's worth it to me. Um, And those messages really, like they genuinely keep me going. Again, a lot of people will say that, but it really, really does motivate me. Beautiful, beautiful. And I guess that's 
magnified um, with a track like this as it's so personal mm. to you and, and mm-hmm. hearing what it does for other people. That must be yeah. quite something. It's um, very special. I know you just mentioned, we going back to you, um, your sort of re-emerging after your beautiful debut EP, Melancholia, with that killer lead track, um, which, by the way, was just such a welcome track of layered vocals and your breath and that drive towards a very cool and catchy kind of pop-like chorus. Actually, I'm going to play it again. Here we go. Here's Melancholia. Oh, incredible. Um, then you didn't release between uh, in the last three years. And I just wanted to know, obviously, yeah. you, you took a gap for creative reasons. Can you talk me a little bit about what went on in that period and why you took the so, break? I didn't, I didn't initially want to take the break. In all honesty, I was in a really, I was in a working relationship, um, managerial wise, that wasn't right for me. And it took me a bit of time after stepping back from that relationship to really assess what it was that I wanted. Um, And that's just the reality. I had so much music after the Melancholia EP came out ready to release, but I decided that it was just best for me to take a bit of time away to rebuild, to make music videos, to make music, to write for other artists. You know, I went overseas, I went to Sweden, I was invited by The Kennel, which is a part of Sony, to go and write over there. I was in Berlin, I was in London, and I really just started to re-heal almost because it took a lot out of me. And despite the fact I was watching everyone around me release music and, you know, continue moving forward in their careers it it hurt me a lot because that's what I wanted but I don't think that it was right for me at the time to just go back into it after going what was you know it was quite traumatic to go through um and then you know I just made this EP and then came the release I guess and it was really it was actually a really nice few years because it was all about self-growth as a human and as an artist. And I can confidently say now that some of the skills that I developed in that time are skills that not a lot of artists would maybe have the time or the patience to acquire. And they're skills that are very, very useful to me now. Gorgeous. And you know what? Not many people um, forthcoming with admitting their envy in a place as such. Um, so that must be quite, quite something when you're writing as well to sort of yeah. really have that self-awareness to go through those emotions and create something out of it. It was horrible. Like, you know, I'm a very, I come from a very academic background. My, both my parents are medical specialists. All of my siblings are lawyers. My grandparents were doctors. So the environment that I come from is naturally really hardworking. So it was soul crushing taking a step back, but I knew it was what was best for me. I was in no position um, to get back into the industry. I just didn't feel strong enough. Whereas, you know, I came back with better than me truly in my gut, 
feeling so empowered and so strong with so many new skills in a visual department, in a sonic department, in a production department, in a business department. There are so many things that I know how to do now that I didn't before that are like seriously, seriously assisting me at this point in time. Beautiful. And with the new music coming out of you now, what can we expect for this new collection of songs? More of this, uh, how do we say? It's like you're, you've got your hand shoved down your throat and you're pulling them from inside you. That's that what I'm feeling. The, that is the best way to describe it, honestly. <laughs> um, that is the best, best way. Well, after good news, I'm working, I'm working on a bunch of new stuff at the moment um, and I'm really loving how it's sounding. It definitely... I don't want to say too much, um, but what I will say is that it's, it's the next stuff after this EP is like the older sister. So it delves into themes that are a little bit more um, complex, a little bit more sensual, a little bit more exploring, you know, femininity and those kinds of things. Um, so it's a slight, slightly more complex route but I think it's yeah I'm actually very excited about it incredible now you mentioned that um you're you don't come from a, a musical family um nope <laughs> um, and I I read that um you didn't actually you know you didn't start experimenting with music um until a late teenager um same with singing as well mm-hmm. um I just want to know what what was the pull towards it and and what role in in your life did music have leading up to that point It's a really really interesting and complex question um from a really really young age I was always obsessed with the arts I you know I did acting didn't really dance actually but like I did lots of I did acting I did clothing design drawing you know these types of things poetry I was just obsessed with it all um but I've you know coming from this background and I also went to a really academic school there weren't really art subjects endorsed or offered so the whole idea of even pursuing a creative life it was not that I was even scared. It was not an an option. It was simply not something I didn't even think it was possible. So when I started to get a bit older and hit my teens, I was really set on doing medicine like my family. (laughs) Um, But it kind of flipped like a switch for me when, I mean, I was always, I sang for the first time in public when I was like a teenager and people you know, they're like, wow, you've got a really interesting voice. You can sing really well. And I was always writing. I was always writing poetry and this kind of thing. And it was actually when I was singing at a school singing night for the first time. This was the first time I sang in public in my life. And my music teacher obviously thought that I had something special. And he invited these, like, Hollywood scouts to the night. And then the next day they came to school and took me out of class and were like, we want to take you to LA. And that's kind of how it all started. That sounds like a book. That sounds like a, Literally. a, like a kid's book. That's a fantasy kid's book. That, or a Dis- that's a Disney Channel yeah. movie, Belle. I'm sorry. It's, 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 it's ridiculous, except like now, actually saying that just then, because I haven't told this story in years, um, 
it actually is so weird. <laughs> like it's so fucking weird. I can't, I cannot believe that that happened to me. Um, but it did. And it was really interesting. That whole trip in America was pretty crazy. I learned a lot. They wanted to pull me out of school and sign me to a big record deal overseas and, you know, do all that kind of thing, become a pop star. And I basically, I was a little, I was a little, um, little stubborn shit. And I was basically just like, no, thank you. If I'm going to do this and do it properly, I want to have control over my art. I need to go home. I need to go back to school. I need to finish BCE. And I want to start writing songs because they were just like, all the songs are written. We can give you the songs. We'll sign you to a big mm. record label. You know, you, you can become just like a Katy Perry like vibe. And I'm like, that sounds awful to me. Um, so it, it was kind of like a sliding doors moment, but I was such a stubborn, 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 stubborn teenager. And I was just like, that sounds horrific. <laughs> so, um, I, I distinctly remember I went into this really big meeting. I won't name the label, but it was like one of the biggest record labels in the world met with the head of that label in the office. And like, he was telling me that my songs that I were writing was they were too intelligent and that I needed to add baby at the end of every line and that would be more commercial and I think I told him to go fuck himself or something and the 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 person that took me the liaison one of the scouts was like you fucking blew it Belle and I'm like I'm sorry but I was just told that I was too intelligent I'm like what type of joke is this so yeah <laughs> here I am <laughs> goodness can you please one day create one of your just incredibly guttural otherworldly tracks but then stick baby on the end of every yeah, I'm gonna I reckon I'm gonna have to because <laughs> that's brilliant I reckon brilliant, I brilliant, brilliant. Cannot, yeah it's it's pretty crazy actually and also how Pretty offensive crazy. to um, to female artists, whether they're, oh, so whether they're singers, whether they're songwriters, just, mm-hmm. just to be completely stripped of any, of any, yeah. like was, any identification or any sense of self. Like, no, just say, baby, you'll be fine. You have a pretty voice. Li- literally, that, that's what he was like. He's like, you look really hot. You have a nice voice. You don't need to do anything else. And I'm just like, who even are you? And who gave you an office? Like, it was just, yeah. And look, admittedly, from time to time, I think about where I would be in my life if I, if I said yes. You know, would I, you know, have the Grammy? Would I? Would I? And I, and I'm such a perfectionist, and I want to achieve my goal so badly that I think about it. But I know that I wouldn't have gotten what was best for me if I did go down that route. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. glad I didn't. God, that's an incredible story. Um, and I was actually just about to ask you, I mean, it mentions um, in your bio that you've, you've had something to learn from any, like all mu- music genres. Um, and you mentioned mm-hmm. that pop music gets that bad rap, but it taught you uh, commerciality. And of course you've now totally. just heard that, <laughs> what that is. Um, but I wanted to know what was, what was your desire or what, what did you feel the need was that you needed to defend pop music in the first place? Like, where do you think that bad rap comes from? Is it from what you've just discussed about it just gets, it can get. It actually lost. came from like when I was a teenager, I was one of those little 
like thought I was so cool pieces of shit and I was just like pop music is like sell out it's unintelligent it's this this and that and now I have so much respect for pop music because I'm like it's popular for a reason it is popular for a reason and I was just your typical alternative teenager trying to like be artistic but I was just uninformed and I just clearly didn't understand you know what it means to to be a pop artist Mm -hmm. um so I'm almost like trying to take back my previous views because I don't agree with them anymore um that being said do I agree with with misogyny and sexism within pop music which is typically where it exists no I don't I don't agree with that type of offensive lyricism but in regards to your classic pop melodies and you know bpm and all of those things that we love in pop music i have so much respect for artists that do that and can write like that um yeah (laughs) so much respect actually awesome now lastly 2020 has been one train wreck after another we've got fires there's pandemic there's brutality there's uprisings there's even more fires now um but i just want to know good news in the theme of good news what has been some of humanity's gold that you've managed to pull from the wreckage that's a really good question um my gosh, there have been a couple things that I've noticed. Um, the first being that people are starting to value what's truly important in life. No longer are, you know, superficial things and materialism and, um, you know, fake relationships and fake connections being valued as much. I see people enjoying the little things, you know, going for a walk, spending time with their families not worrying about their cellulite or their, you know, thigh gap that's gone away during their lockdown. I see people caring about one another. I think the Black Lives Matter movement has been a real testament to that is there have been so many people that have, you know, stood up and said, I have not been a good enough ally to black people and people of colour. What can I do? And I just a sense of unity. I feel it in my guts, I feel people just care more about one another than they did before. And I think that despite the fact that 2020 is a bloody train wreck, um, I actually think it's probably, and I truly, I mean this, I think it's probably one of the most important years that we as humans have had, certainly in this, you know, the last hundred years or so, um, because it's, taught us what really matters um and hopefully you know we can come out of this with a new sense of valuing what's important hopefully you know changing the entire police system as well um and you know just going at life with a different mindset of unity and togetherness as opposed to you know like an autocracy which is what a lot of the world is a lot of the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Here, I think here. that's a good thing. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> Belle, it has been incredible talking to you and devouring on the things in your mind today. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, as you've just heard, Belle's new single, Good News, is out now across all platforms. Take a moment of your day today and give it a spin and just bliss 
the shit out. Now, <laughs> before we go, a reminder that the brand new issue of Women in Pop magazine with Mariah Carey on the cover is out now. Inside, we have interviews with Carly Rae Jepsen, Ray Ridings, Dami M, Toki Monster, G Flip, plus loads more. You can buy a copy online now at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe or find a retailer near you at womeninpop.com forward slash retailers. Thank you for listening, everybody. Please stay safe and take care of yourself. We will be back very soon with a new episode. Until then, from myself and Belle, goodbye. (laughs) 